Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, in this episode, Stefan is joined by former direct response copywriter, Jim Clare, who's created a wealth of home run offers for some of the biggest names in affiliate marketing in the dating, weight loss, fitness, and supplement industries. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy. What would you tell to your younger selves back then that would have helped them have an easier time with that kind of issue? <laughs> so have you one, Jim? I'll, I'll let you go first if you if you're comfortable answering. And yeah, jeez. Um, I mean, it's just tough. something I mean, that's applicable, right? To, to, to everybody going through some hard stuff. So another way of thinking of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, if, I mean, if, if they, I mean, I, there's definitely because of the crazy gal I was dating, I wish I had certainly spent more time with I me. Mean, my dad was my best friend. So, I mean, I spoke to him every single day and he was an incredible mentor, um, you know, you know, so, I mean, he and I chatted every day. So, but, you know, I kind of wish I had spent a few more days with him near the, I mean, I was there at the end, which was, you know, were very traumatic, but I, I think afterwards, um, you know, I, I think I try to race, to try to figure everything out. And, and I think I tried to race to try to, you know, find some sort of, um, you know, I, I must, you know, I think that was, there was definitely an impulse. Like, you know, what he did, his legacy, I, I must beat it in order to honor him in order to honor myself too, you know, cause he, he and I were very close. So I think to kind of pause and just like, you know, accept the mourning, uh, a little bit. Um, I wish I had found stoicism then I think it would have, uh, it probably would have helped, you know, to kind of control, like I have this, I'm like, what am I going to do now? Uh, you know, like it, it, so it's tough to say, but I think sitting in that morning a little bit and not trying to race to do something, um, I think probably would have benefited it. And then realize, yes, this, this is painful, uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's part of it. And then I'm very blessed to have had him. So, something like that. At least that's what pops in my head right now. That, that's, a, that's a great question. And then I'm definitely going to think about that for, for a couple of days. So thank you. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> cool. Um, well, Max, yeah, thank you for. Well, I Max, mean, if you want me to answer too, I, I I will. But for yeah, me, yeah. I mean, what I'm the best advice I got was from somebody saying basically how there's no within 
a pretty wide uh, kind of set of boundaries. There's no wrong way to respond or react, right, to something like this. Like everyone has reacts differently, right? So like for me, um, like I like didn't really like cry much. Like when I walked in that final morning, and you know, there's like the the hospital. It was in the ho- our house, but like the like a you know a hospital type bed, like a cot, and you know you see your your father is like dead body, and it's your your dad's just dead, and you're standing there like looking over your dead father. Um, yeah, it's a fucking crazy moment, right? And um, and I cried like a little bit then, but I honestly didn't even cry that much then or at the funeral. And then I was at a movie theater in Florida with um, you know, my now wife Laura, like maybe three, four months later, and uh she went to use the bathroom after this movie we just watched. And um I like was looking at my voicemails on my phone and I, I basically went back and I realized I had a voicemail. It was from my mom, not my dad, but it was like, Hey, you know, um, you know, your father and I were talking about this or whatever it was. And so like my dad was still alive, right? When that voicemail had been recorded. And for whatever reason, I just in this public movie theater, like lost it. I mean, just like like cried for like like sobbing when the hearts ever cried, got to like the car and just cried in the car, like shaking for like 15, 20 minutes. And it was like the craziest delayed reaction, but that's like, okay. Right. So, and so I guess again, just go back to like knowing, like, it's okay. That that's how I responded. Like, you don't have to, like, if you don't feel like crying, like, you know, like at the time, like, that's okay. If you cry every single moment of every day, that's okay too. Right. Death is a really hard thing and it's okay to respond. However you're going to respond or react. So, I mean, that's like a lesson that I, somebody told me that really helped. Um, you know, I had studied, um, I was a philosophy major in college. So to, to Jim's point on stoicism, like I had studied like, uh, you know, existentialism a lot. And I think that helped me somewhat because I at least had spent time thinking about like death and mortality and, and things of that nature. Um, and, and I guess, you know, and then the, the fact that like it, it, you know, everything passes where everything gets easier with time. It doesn't mean you, don't you know keep being sad or, or miss your loved one or anything like that but just you know like literally even though the worst the worst things they, they pass we're, we're we're gifted and cursed as humans have like really short memories i feel like you know and so whether it's it's like a, like a death um or anything you know, i'm reading this really good book about like stalin and his inner circle and which is fucking crazy i forget the name of it but i'll maybe i'll share it in the show notes like i'm it's like fascinating um even like you know, people in his inner circle who like went to like the gulags and like were tortured for two years, but then they're like, oh shit, we need them to help us win in World War II. So like, they bring them out, and even those people would like come out like a little bit like like damaged from it, but then they would go back to work, and then they like basically forget like that experience. It's crazy how we can even horrific experiences you don't you don't fully forget. Like you never forget that you were tortured and that somebody died, but like uh, our mind is good at at putting things behind us and and looking forward if, if we let it. So. You know, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but those are some some thoughts I have on it, at least. Yeah, that's great. And I love the philosophic like point of view on it from both of you. Thanks for opening up. Um, I loved it. Yeah, man. Thank you, Max. Yeah. Question. Um, sweet. Okay, cool. So we have uh, Nabil next, and he, uh, I know, has a good question about um, formulate, cop- copy, and marketing, uh, things like that. So Nabil, I'm going to bring you on uh, as long as you're cool with that. If, um, you're able, yeah. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? How's it going? What's the deal? Yeah, uh, first time here live uh, in honor of Jim showing up. Appreciate that. Well, thank you. Yeah. So my question is, uh, Jim, you uh, shit on using formulaic uh, copy and marketing uh, or templates uh, and 
You've even thrown some shade on RMBC uh, once in a while. So I, what, what, what I wanted to ask you is, um, what do you suggest for beginners who are trying to learn uh, what works and what doesn't work? And also, you know, even if they're not beginners, like why bother reinventing the wheel? If it works, it works, right? Right. So, I mean, I, I think to, to clarify the, you know, the, the RMBC or the, the formulaic thing, I think there's obviously something to, to the formulas, right? Um, because they work helping you get out of the gates. Um, I mean, I believe I'm a strong proponent of, of understanding, you know, first, if you can understand the structure or the outline, I and mean, I think that's a great way to look at a lot of different copy formulas, like even the Agora formula, look at it to an outline. Obviously, these phrases work, but there's a point where you need to, to get above them. Um, there's a point you need to climb above them. And I think that really does come down to uh, on one end, understanding good writing, because even in good writing, people just think that's like a text sales page, but that's not really the case. It also comes down to writing, a, you know, whether it's a radio jingle or a pitch. And then on the other thing, um, you know, the, the formulas in a sense have worked, but they tend to be a little bit downstream if you're just sticking to them. And I think with copy, it's easy for copywriters, like there's a lot of uncertainty in what you're about to do, especially like the first ad, you know, it's rare. I mean, obviously it's going, it, some people it might happen. Like it, it's rare that it's going to just explode out of the gate. That'd be amazing. But you know, it's about facing uncertainty. So if you depend too heavily on the formula, you know, you're not really facing uncertainty. You're not really crafting your skill. Um, you know, you're not really developing any better. You're just kind of going to like, it'll just likely hit a particular level uh, and it's not going to really get any better when you're able to take, I mean, I think kind of a unique hack of taking the phrase like you can take the formulaic phrases and get like, you know, you can even almost use a source and learn how to phrase it differently and phrase it a little bit fresher. Um, so you're not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but you can rephrase something a little bit better and use that. So, I mean, you're, I mean, is it is exactly the formula? I mean, if you're, if you're quibbling over definitions, you could say yes, but if you're rephrasing it and giving it and sounding like an expert in your market, you know, it's going to probably sound a lot different than like X, Y, Z phrase, X, Y, Z phrase, X, Y, Z phrase. Right. So, um, you know, I think there is something to it, those formulas, but again, like, you know, like just like I said in the start, you have to grow beyond it. And I think that, it does come down to good writing and understanding because good creative writers, um, you know, they can completely phrase something new. I mean, they like the, you know, they may be using like a Claude Hopkins formula, but they're saying it in a brand new way, even though it has a lot of the nuts and bolts of the structure. Um, and that's how you're going to develop your skill to get you know, more money, you know, to probably see things a little bit more creatively, like your creative talents will, will probably expand a little bit that way versus I'm just going to stick with this one set way. I'm, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but at least that's kind of how I, uh, in my experience, that's how I see it. Nabil, yeah, does that, does that make sense to you? What do you think, Stefan? I think it makes sense to me, but I'd love to yeah. get your input on it. For sure. No, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, I think the big, the big thing for me with RMBC is I just, I, I was seeing so many copywriters be really inconsistent and get lost and not know where to start and what to do. And then 
they'd write something and sometimes it would be successful, sometimes it wouldn't. And so I basically wanted to create like a, I don't know, it's like a uniform standard of essentially like if you do this, like you're generally going to write like pretty good sales copy, right? It's like, it's rarely going to suck. It's going to be pretty good. Sometimes it might do quite well, but I mean, to be super clear, I don't, I think people, I, I agree with Jim basically. I think people should then grow beyond RMBC. I think they'll still use parts of that framework. Like I think the research process is really helpful and strong. You may add to it and that's, that's great, but it's like a great, you know, there's some good stuff in there. I think the mechanism stuff is, is really important. I mean, a lot of my big ideas come from mechanisms, um, but especially like the copy outline itself, like, you know, generally, like if you're writing a VSL or a sales letter, like you are going to, it's going to follow a similar structure every time, but like, that doesn't mean like, you know, I, like the great copiers aren't going by and just sort of check, 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 like, right. Like it's a great, but it's great for getting people to that level, uh, like to get somebody from like a, you know, like a four to like an eight, I think RBC is like really good for that. Um, you know, and even someone who's, who's like sometimes like an, an, a nine and sometimes like a three, cause they don't know what the hell is going on, which is really common. You see a lot of times you look at one thing from a writer and you're like, man, this was great. And you look at like another thing and you're like, this is awful. And it's because they just don't have a structure. So I think it, it can be very valuable um, for consistency, but, but then I do, yeah, I totally think once you're there, um, you know, you can start to experiment. I mean, I look at like artists, like painters and stuff like that, right. You sort of have to learn to sort of imitate you, you study the masters, you sort of, you know, you're, you're, you're imitating first, but then as you really understand everything like foundationally, then you start to like, you, you know, you go through your different periods, right. You know, you can be like, um, you know, Picasso or, or whoever it is going through different periods and trying different things. So, um, I'm actually super aligned with, with, with Jim on that. And, um, yeah, so that's what I think. Thanks guys. Cool, man. Thanks for the question. All right. That's just about it for today. Before we finish, though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high-level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words, and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is Georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.